Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener. You know, Alex, it takes a lot to get all those trumpeters in here every every week, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out, like, because they make a mess, there's spit everywhere. Um, thank you, my dear listener, for being with us again. This is The Coaching Show, where each and every week... Why am I hearing... I'm hearing sirens. Are you hearing sirens? Traffic noises? I did. This could be the big one. The trumpeters. (laughs) This could be the big one. Uh, My name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach, because you have to say it that way. The other voice you heard was Alex Terranova. Alex is... Author Alex Terranova, because you have to say it that way. (laughs) Oh, finally! Author, coach, uh, speaker, and general general bon vivant, uh, Alex Terranova. Alex is host of his own podcast. What do you call that thing again? The Dream Mason Podcast. And where do we find it? On Accomplishment Media, on iTunes, on Spotify, anywhere where you would find exceptional podcasts. The Dream Mason podcast. Uh, uh, what are you doing here? You're our special <laughs> in-studio go, uh, co-host, right? Co-host. Go, go, co-host. Co- Gopher. Co-host, yeah. You you always say guest co-host, but uh-huh. it, if it's a guest that never leaves, it seems like it's... That is exactly sort of my experience of right? you. Yeah, so yeah. it's like just... Just co-host. Nice. Uh, the uh, We want to shout out to our uh, technical genius and wizard that allows us to be in your ears uh, from time to time. That would be uh, the famous Adam. But do you know that he's he's a big deal in music? I do. He's a DJ. He is. Cool. And he's got uh, garage music. Not, not garage that you play in the garage. That's what I used to do. But he's got, um, he's a big deal. Miguel Rios and Pete T. He's Pete T. Not Petey. Pete T. Lefroig Scotch is Petey. Um, what do you want to talk about or let people know? I've, I'm just back from Prague at the ICF Converge Conference. What have you been doing? Um, um, I'm like, what are you? I'm like, what are you pointing at? Your book. Um, oh, I'm like, uh, well, I mean, I feel like honestly, like this is the last 90 days have been the best 90 days of my life in general. Like it's just everything is. October was the most downloads I've ever had on my podcast. Go for 91. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, book sales are going really well, and I have a talk coming up on Tuesday the 12th here in San Diego on unleashing your authentic employee, which is based kind of on ideals from the book. Um, unleashing based on something else, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm having like ex- like extraordinary people reach out to me and be like, hey, do you want can we be on your podcast? Nice. Um so, and then I'm working on uh, some more book content with one of our guests today who we'll get to. And, uh, but you know what? It's like, I think what's cool is like everyone around me is winning too. Nice. So it sucks, right? If you're winning and everyone else is losing. <laughs> I kind of like Or it. when everyone's winning and you're losing. That but I feel suck. like I'm winning and everyone around me is winning, which is just so fun. We all get to play in winning together. Nice. And if you're listening to this and you're not winning, come hang out with us so you can win too. <laughs> That's right. Uh, again, Alex, you can find him at thedreammason.com. You can find me at christophermcauliffe.com if you can spell it. <laughs> Our first guest. Uh, so as I said, I just got back from Prague, the ICF Converge, which is their every two-year really international, international uh, conference. And it was in uh, Prague, Czech Republic. I mischaracterized it by as calling it Czechoslovakia, and I got some notes about that, that it hasn't been Czechoslovakia since 1968, but or something like that. But um, 
I, despite my lack of awareness of the world stage and current events, <laughs> extending back 30 years, uh, it was an extraordinary experience. I, I have many things to talk about. One is we want to get Magda Mook back on here and find out why they dropped all the knowledge, all the important changes. There's going to be new core competencies. There's new uh, initiatives. There's a new code of ethics. All of that came in the last 10 minutes of the conference, which seems like... Um, I don't know. I'm going to call it avoidance. If it were a client, I would I would ask them if they were avoiding something by bringing it at the last minute. Do you ever have clients who um, who doorknob you, who come in at the last minute with like, oh, by the way, here's the important thing, got to go? Oh, yeah. It's always like the thing that they're angry about, too, like, or they're frustrated about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the oh, that's session. convenient. Let's bring in our guest. Now, you, this is your friend. This is your friend. She's a founder and head coach of Here, Her, Roar. She's a professional certified coach, and she actually presented. I went to her talk at... Um, uh, the ICF Converge Conference, so she was chosen from literally a cast of thousands to present. She's an ICF credentialed coach and an accomplishment coaching certified coach. She is uh, currently a leader in training for accomplishment coaching in, I think, Chicago, Illinois. She specializes in working with women leaders who are seeking to have a greater impact on their professional and personal communities. She's uh, joining us from her palatial mansion in Hoboken, New Jersey. And she's not just a friend. I mean, she she's the editor of Fictional Authenticity. So, I mean, that alone, she is now an, officially an editor of a published book. She's, she's told and, me that's what she wants to put on her and, headstone. <laughs> but I, I think, like, you know, one of the things that I, I would say about Christina is there's a lot of really successful people that she is kind of the behind the curtain. Oh. She is empowering, including me, that it's like she's the wizard behind the curtain that you don't see that makes people look really good. Well, then let's bring her on, the Wizard of Hoboken, Christina <laughs> Stathopoulos. Hello. <laughs> Oh man, hello! What an introduction. I hope I can live up to the new title of wizard. We could also my bio. we could also cut it all out if you need to. Um, <laughs> so your talk was how to coach a millennial from a millennial, and I got to tell you, I loved your approach. You are a brilliant genius, and you uh, lured us in, and then you slapped us upside the head, which I appreciate. <laughs> you want to talk about that and how you what your experience was and what the pushback was and how it went. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think to your point, luring you in with something and then slapping you silly was always a little bit of the intention. I'm not a slapper, so to speak, but definitely kind of delivering a punch. Um, you know, what was cool about writing the proposal for this talk was I was titling it with the words how to, which meant probably people were showing up with the intention of actually learning how to do something. That's right. Give us some info. Exactly. And so what I realized was, well, here I was going to the largest global conference for the industry of coaching. What I actually want to have is a coaching conversation around the biases that we've developed around millennials. And, you know, for the eight months that I had to prepare to give this talk, it was actually really terrifying and validating for me to take that direction. Because I, like, I get it. I have things that I don't know how to do, and I'd rather an expert give me all the tips and tricks to make it possible. Um, and you know, as you got to witness, Christopher, what I've really come to realize is oftentimes it's the how-tos that end up killing the relationships that we have with our clients because we're most, more focused on getting it right and having all the answers and less focused on just you know, listening to that other human being. Um, which I know is a really strong assertion that millennials are also human beings, but that was one of the ones that I made during not, my dog. Not, not my experience. Um, let's uh, go back. So, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, here's what I would need to know. I don't. I don't have Instagram. Do I need it? 
do you need Instagram? Um, I mean, I think the, I could give you the coy answer, but my honest one is I think Instagram's a great platform if you want to be really authentic about where you are in life. You know, part of what uh, I think something that people don't know about me is before I edited fictional authenticity with Alex, I actually used to take his Instagram posts and make um, poems out of the words he would write because I found that he had really cool things to say and I just like shortening them and making them pack a little more punch, which is kind of what I did with his book. But long story short is uh, get an Instagram if you feel like being real. Don't bother with Instagram if it's one more place that you're going to be a bit of a show pony about life. What about my Facebook account? So my Facebook account is like mostly all good news, except I post unbelievable amounts of political stuff there. You do. You know, Facebook now averages like it's like the average user is like 40 plus. They're not millennials. Right. That's why I'm talking to the millennial about the social media. Well, she might not even know what Facebook is. <laughs> oh, ouch. What do you think, Christina? You know, I think... To your point, in my experience, most Facebook users these days do lean 40 and plus. I think those that are in that, you know, demographic of what is it now, like 23 to 39, which is the actual millennial cohort, uh, a lot of them are spending their time on Instagram, Snapchat, possibly Pinterest. But I think if anything, I, you know, I know there's a stigma that we spend way too much time on our phones, but if anything, like at least when I hang out with my friends, our biggest thing is to like keep our phones to the side and actually just have like real conversations with people. Um, it's interesting, even on YouTube, influencers used to, like the influencers that used to do the best were the ones that had, you know, the super flashy LA um, mansion or apartment, the best equipment known to mankind for recording and providing reviews of products. But nowadays the influencers that are actually seeing a rise in popularity are the ones that, give like real talk, like the ones that film in their bedroom and talk to you like they're talking to a friend. So I think in general, uh, as a cohort, millennials tend to lean towards content that feels real and authentic versus like overly produced or too flashy. The talk you gave was, and obviously I heard this from various you. different, well, you, but also <laughs> some other people because we know multiple people there, but um, you, 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 you drove up some thoughts, feelings, body sensations from, you know, guests, people listening. What do you, not to get into like the, the, that. Do it. I mean, you like, I wasn't thinking of the drama, but I was more thinking of like, what do you think you brought that was so authentic that either gave somebody like Christopher so much like, oh my God, I loved this or somebody else like, I can't be with this at all. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I think, so to not rehash the whole talk because it was an hour, but to sort of set the stage of how I started things, you know, I introduced myself and then, you know, standing in front of 250 people from around the world, asked these people to define what a millennial was. And in their definitions, you heard things like, oh, millennials are entitled, millennials fight for the cause, millennials dislike authority, millennials are lazy, millennials don't work well with teams, like all sorts of definitions skewing from positive to negative. Yeah. And essentially, after I had everyone create this definition that for the most part, the room agreed with. I shared that, you know, step one to working better with millennials is owning that you have created some sort of bias against them. 
And I wrote that actually the most globally accepted definition of millennial is a generational cohort born between the ages of 19, or born between the years of 1981 and 1996. And that anything in your definition that goes beyond that is bias. And so to answer your question, I think what made this dramatic or triggered people or whatever you want to call it, is it basically had me say, hey, this group of people isn't the problem. It's actually like your judgments about them that you need to be taking a look at. It was great. There, there, I want to go back to something you said earlier, because the piece that hit me right between the eyes is that everybody, everybody, everybody goes to coaches for how to. And you said what? How I to. said uh, how to kills the relationship between a coach and a client. That right there, there's your title of your next TED Talk, your next, you know, book, your next whatever you want, because that is so true, right? Our clients are always like, well, how can I do it? And the minute any coach falls into that, we're screwed because there's no way, you know, at least my experience is the clients, the minute you give them any suggestion about, well, have you thought about this? Then they start fending you off. Your experience? Yes, absolutely. Great. Now let's go back to the thing you just said. You can tell that I'm trying to bring some energy to this because it was so good. You had us. <laughs> so, you had us distinguish. So what? What's true about millennials? And I have the whole thing right: lazy, entitled, righteous. They want to get to the front of the line first. Yeah, you're one of the work. loudest voices contributing right? these definitions. Because we I know remember. it's true. And then you hit me right between the eyes again with, "That's your bias." And it's true, because if you had said what's true of anything, any gender category or, or religious category or, or racial category or anything else, right? If you had said what's true about old people, I'd be like, why you got to be so, so ageist? <laughs> but, it's, but in reverse, it's somehow acceptable and it's not. Mm-hmm. So um, is that your message? You want us to stop? You want us to be aware of our bias or you just want us to stop, knock it off? You know, I think it, it goes both ways because one of the pieces of feedback that I got live during the talk was I actually had a coach in the audience stand up and her assertion was like, well, hey, wait a minute. If you have all these biases against millennials, I think the answer is that you should just never coach a millennial, um, which was perfect because, you know, I would assert that we all, you know, spent money on this admission and our flights to Prague and all this other good stuff because we love coaching so much that we want to coach anyone about anything. And so, you know, what I notice is like most people are like, okay, so I've got bias. So I'm going to fix that problem by never working with the people I have bias against. When in actuality, I think the opportunity is once you distinguish that it's there, like, okay, great. Now, how about you do the work to shift it up so that it doesn't have to be so awkward to work with anyone on this planet, much less someone because of their age or the year they were born. So that context of like, basically, if you have a bias or a belief or a context or a view or a perspective about anything from that stance is you should just avoid it and not actually deal with it. Yeah, well, it's wild because like if she had stood up and she was like, well, I think if you're a racist, you should just never talk to a person of color. <laughs> like, yeah, people like, would be like, what? Like that makes no sense. That's um, that's actually really funny. I used that example with a client recently where they were going into what is true about whatever we were talking about. And then I said to them and I used a very like, like I used a racial example. All these people are like this. And I said, is that true? And they went, well, no, that's crazy. And I was like, is it true 
once in a while sometimes. And it was like, well, yeah, I mean, it happens. But then it was like we flipped it and had them look at the same thing they said. And it was like so obvious that I love it. We see it like you would if you had said it, they would have seen it immediately. But because millennials like aren't a um, they're not like a targeted minority. Yeah, they're not like a marginalized community. Yeah, you just miss it. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. Do you, do you coach millennials only? So I don't exclusively coach millennials. I think I'm just very much as most coaches are, where I pull in and attract the people that are working on things similar to what I work on. But yeah, I'd say currently 90% of my practice are people in the millennial generation. Is it because millennials can only hear millennials? <laughs> uh, no, but I do remember that was another. I actually, I had a whole group of coaches in the back row stand up and leave because their assertion was they didn't have bias against millennials. Millennials had bias against them. Yeah. You little jerks. Yeah. <laughs> why you gotta, why you gotta hate us white, pa- white hair people. Um, <laughs> let me, well, you know, go, oh, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. This I was just going to say to that point, like I'm not here to stand on a pedestal and say like millennials are the only ones that experience any kind of bias across the generations of people that exist on the planet anymore. Um, but I think given that currently now over half of the world's workforce is made up of them, it's just great to take a look at where we're stopping. And to like that end, I absolutely have people my own age that do create little sly comments about, you know, their parents or the generation their parents are from. So it goes both ways. I'm not here to say, hey, uh, if you're not a millennial, fix this. And if you're a millennial, you're perfect. Um, if anything, I'd say you, both of you have got to be doing the work, you know. So are you are you out to transform bias everywhere? Ideally, yeah. I mean, part of what had me create a company called Hear Her Roar is, you know, I get asked this question a lot, like that's, you know, that's a gendered name. Do you only work with women? And truthfully, like when the the her and hear her roar, I view as myself. Like I view it as like me being willing to be on this planet, having an impact. 
and creating change and possibly disrupting structures that don't work for us anymore. And so like what I hope to do in my coaching is work with people that have that same vision or mission and maybe they just, they doubt themselves or they doubt the value of it in their current communities or they, you know, they just don't know how to articulate themselves authentically in a way where like that difference gets to be made. Got a suggestion for you. By the way, the Instagram handle is here xtina x-t-i-n-a roar r-o-a-r um i uh, got a suggestion for you hear mm-hmm. them roar in fact would you help me edit my next article which is i can't remember your name how am i going to remember your pronouns <laughs> so no seriously it's all about it's all about we got to move to we got to move to them because i can't be remembering everybody's everything do you know um let's talk about your experience in prague you're a newlywed as i'm uh, flooded with photos on Facebook about you and how happy you are in your new arrangement. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you take, uh, did you take your spouse? I did. Yes. So my husband, Paul, uh, my new husband, Paul, we got married this past May. He was able to join me in Prague, which was really incredible. Um, You know, he's a physician's assistant. I'm an entrepreneur. We spend a lot of time doing what we love. And so you know, part of how I wanted to celebrate being chosen to speak was to really have this be a week of like celebrating with the person I love the most. And part of what was really cool about that is that I actually had my birthday the Tuesday before the conference started. Everything was there. Yeah. Newlywed Um, birthday, speaking to uh, wild uh, roars of delight. That was, that sounds like an extraordinary time. What do you think, Prague? Give us a two minute version, the two second version, I should say. Uh, gorgeous, picturesque, uh, great beer. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. What's the, you have a really unique situation with Paul that you're a coach full-time speaking, doing all everything in the coaching world now and podcasting and whatnot also. And Paul, who's not a coach also did the coach training program. Mm -hmm. What's the thing that is I mean, like I, I'm, I think lots of coaches that have a, a partner that do that are probably, or have not done that are probably super jealous. What's like the biggest, like number one takeaway that you get, get from that by being in a relationship with another person who like can speak the same language as you? Ooh, I mean, I think, I think what's really incredible about it is like, you know, I've always been someone that doesn't really stand for people's BS. That was way before I became a coach. I've just learned how to finesse it in a way that's a little kinder. Um, but I think what's both challenging and amazing about having Paul with this training under his belt is like all of our conversations together get to be really responsible. You know, like as a really personal example, like we got married this past May and, you know, I'm Greek and he's Filipino Italian. So immediately we've been asked, where are the kids? Where are the kids? Where are the kids? And the conversations I've been able to have with him around how we actually want to be planning like the future of the family we want to have together. It's like totally different. Like I don't know many 27 and 28 year olds that get to sit down and create like a future vision for a pregnancy rather than just like a, a I don't know what do you, like what do you think uh, is this a good idea I'm scared I don't know what to do about it like we actually get to push past the fears and actually like have a conversation about what it is that we want not what it is that we're scared of about it mm. so just like being intentional yeah super intentional I think the other thing that's about it or 
both cool and frustrating about it is, you know, sometimes if I'm in a mood or like kind of swirling in my own uh, BS, like now I've got someone who's like, that doesn't sound like you at your greatest, which uh, is not always the best thing to say to me <laughs> when I'm <laughs> heated in the moment. But I think it is like a funny, it is funny that I end my day kind of being that person for others in my practice. And then here I am at home with someone who's willing to do that for me. What's the next, like, where do you go from here? You just gave an international talk from, to the International Coach Federation. Like, what's next? Yeah, great question. So one thing that I learned from the talk is that I definitely want to be doing more public speaking. It's something that really lights me up. It's really exciting. I like being in front of audiences and groups of people. And, you know, for a while now, I've toyed with the idea of finally you know, creating a TED Talk and actually having that platform. So I think 2020 is definitely just like, you know, here I am at Hear Her Roar. And I think 2020 is the year of voice, like really just getting out there and sharing what I have to say with as many people as possible. So that's totally next. I think the other thing that's next is, you know, you hinted at this a little bit earlier, but, you know, after editing fictional authenticity, like it really reignited my own passion for creative writing. So, you know, I'm taking a look at, how to combine my superpower of being really clear in my speaking and also my love for all things like whimsical and charming. And I'm taking a look at how to actually be taking coaching conversations into a really digestible children's literature format. Just, just don't do it for millennials. <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about Hear Her Roar. So who do you work with and what do you do? Because you're right. I thought it was a gender bias thing, too. I thought, like, this is a woman who works with women who want to roar. Yeah. So um, truthfully, I will say that likely, you know, the person on the street who happens to open up my Instagram or find my website, the ones that likely will resonate the most with my statements are other millennial women. Um, but in general, I work with millennial leaders as a whole, millennial women leaders, uh, people who, as I mentioned before, like what they notice is like they've waited for whether it's a year or years on like for that invitation for their voice to matter. And they're realizing that they don't actually need an invitation. They just need to step up and claim it, whether it's claiming it by receiving a promotion, claiming it by starting a business that has an impact claiming it by growing their nonprofit organization. These are just some examples of people that have hired me in the past. And ultimately what I love working on with them is like truly leadership coaching and development. So, you know, how do they own their presence? How do they strengthen their voice? How do they, how are they powerful in asking for what they need and delegating tasks to other people? So uh, to bottom line it, it's leadership coaching for millennial women. Great. And you've got something uh, extraordinary. You're very generous. You've got something extraordinary for our listeners today, a giveaway. What do you got? I do. Yeah. So um, something I launched recently that I'm really proud of is I created a free leadership training series. It's a email video series. And if you are listening to this and you're interested in it, you could go to www.hearherroar.net, which is my website. And you can sign up for the course. And upon signing up, you will receive a bonus one-on-one -on -one session with me to look at how you can um, build your presence as a speaker. So specifically, if you're interested in public speaking, we can even take a look at how to design and deliver a talk together. 
Great. And the course itself is free or? Yeah. The yes. The video course itself is totally free. It's super easy. You just put in your email and over the course of nine days, you'll receive nine different videos and some training that goes along with it. I, I mean, I don't, this, I'm, I, look, I would say that you are, like, I would take advantage of this because like I said before, um, I wouldn't have this book. And I think the thing that I prefaced about you in the beginning of this is you are somebody who takes gold and like dusts the dirt off it so it can actually shine. Um, and my experience of you as a coach is exactly the same thing. You don't fix people or uh, make people something else. You actually just like dust the dirt off them so they can actually really shine or roar. Nice. Though that's not to say if you're clean, you can't come work with me. I promise even if you bathe, you may enjoy the experience of one-on-one -on -one coaching. Right. Um, well, I have one last question for you. When are you going to do a TED Talk? Ooh. Hmm. You know what? It worked for me well with this last declaration. I'll say by my next birthday, I'll have one in the books. So October 22nd. Christopher's writing it down on a huge whiteboard and circling it four times. So, um, now you're going to have to be held accountable to this. Hey, uh, and I went to hearherroar.net. I love the front page, but I'm not sure where to sign up for the Nine Days Nine video. Where do I sign up? Ooh, thanks for that. So it should be showing up as a drop down, but if it's not, I'll make sure that that link is active and working by the end of day today. I'll just sit here and wait. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Christina, it is so great to be with you and your work is extraordinary. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you for your stand for, for millennials and really for coaching and for all of us to reveal our biases so that we can deal with ourselves and get our stuff out of the way of our clients' greatness and our clients' fulfillment. Um, I want to give you, we've got a couple of minutes left in our time together, and I want to give it all to you. Uh, what parting thought or parting shot would you have for us today? If you could say something to a few thousand coaches, what would you have us know? Ooh, what would I have you know? Hmm. I think if anything, with this platform, I just want to underscore the big takeaway that you got from my talk, Christopher, which is, you know, I think we download these podcasts and we read these books and we look at these websites because we have a, we have a need to feed our curiosities as coaches. Um, and like my invitation is, you know, if you love what I have to say, thank you so much. And please don't use any of it as like the how-to guide to go fix what's going on with your clients or with your coaching. As a reminder, how-to does kill the relationship between a coach and a client. Mm -hmm. So you know, do your own work, trust your intuition, you know, practice all the dancing in the moment, all that great core competency language that apparently is now obsolete, but I still love it anyway. <laughs> right. We'll tell you at the last 10 minutes of this. <laughs> I, I was just going to say you are, we didn't even touch on this, but you are also like the, you know, you, you kind of just hinted at it. You are a person to talk to and a person to see when it comes to core competencies, when it comes to actually, uh, getting higher credentials in coaching. Um, yeah, I like to joke that no one's a bigger nerd for this than I am. And I've got some proof to that pudding. I've been a professional certified coach since I was 26 years old. In a couple of months, I'll be applying for my MCC process. And, you know, in my practice, I actually end up attracting coaches to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. And one of my favorite things to do, I know that sounds crazy, but I actually really enjoy uh, evaluating recorded calls. And that's something that I do in my business as well. 
Could you be the youngest? What's the youngest MCC? Christopher, you probably know this. No, it used to be me, but now I think. (laughs) (laughs) Does it do like, is there, I mean, you're not, how old are you? I just turned 28. I mean, I feel like it's got to be, there's got to be in the running or something. It's got to be somewhere in that range. Sounds like a project for you to bring back to our next show. (laughs) Christina, thank you so much for being with us. The website again is hearherroar.net. That's H-E-A-R, hear, her, H-E-R, roar, R-O-A-R, dot net. Christina Stathopoulos, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for your incredible work, and thanks for uh, recapping your time in Prague. It was great to be with you there, and I look forward to the next time we are together. Thank you so much. Happy marriage. Well, that was an exciting uh, time to learn about the millennials. Now, do you are you in that cohort? Are you in that that band of millennials? Yeah, I'm technically, so I was born in 82, so I fall like right at the beginning of the millennials. Uh-huh. And it's funny, when you get into millennial conversations, people will say to me, and people are weird, like aggressive about it. They're like, you're not a millennial. <laughs> right, because you're It's like old. I'm 37 years old. But I think for me, what identifies millennials is like the way we grew up. We grew up with cell phones. We grew up with internet. Yes, I got it at the end. But I remember being in junior high and people like having those AOL CDs yeah. And to me, that's like part of my childhood is that the, you know, I remember those, my dad had the cell phone in his car, the big old box one. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, thinking yeah. like, my dad was so cool. He's got a phone in his car. We could just drive and call people. <laughs> uh, and now you're like, uh, every meal, oh every time God. you go potty, you got your, back, your phone. Now. Um, uh, I don't like the generation I'm in because I think they changed it. When I was growing up, I was an ex, Right the generation after baby boomers, but now somebody did the official humana humana on like Google, (laughs) right? And suddenly now I'm part of the baby boomer generation. So I'm like in the same generation as people who are like 73. That doesn't seem right. Wait, but what's the gap? Tell me I'm special. (laughs) Well, no, no, I'm like, what's the, because my my parents are baby boomers, but my parents are older than, my my mom is 70. Right. I don't know how old you are, but you're not 70. Uh, I, I, have, I have no idea how old seven. you are. I'm 57, so, but where does, and I'm struggling because it's 58 this year, but, and that is the worst birthday, not the zero. It's the <laughs> where age. does the baby boomer get cut off, though? Uh, what it says is generation... This is like something on the Google. Uh, Google <laughs> on the ago. Google? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what this Google thing is. But. <laughs> the um, 65, and I was born in 61 because that's how old. Oh. Yeah. So it says Generation X is 65. It says x which I didn't know was different than Generation X is 75. And then the millennials started in 80, according to this. But I thought she said 81 or 80. Anyway, it's like 80, 81 is like, but I, you know what? I think it's funny is that we make like all the, to your point, like I don't like being the generation I'm in. Like it's all made up, right? Somebody made, you and I could start changing all this. And if we just get enough people to look at our website instead of, yeah, all of a sudden we've created whatever we've the created. The coach Ennials who <laughs> were born between 1961 and 1982. Right, exactly. I th- but I think the like thing that we do with it is we do, and we get, even as a millennial, we get caught up in, there's all these articles about what millennials are. And like we keep reaffirming. Right, exactly. The that, problem. Yeah. And it's like, wait, how is telling a group of people that they're lazy helping them not be different? So lazy and entitled. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. But I, all right. So, yeah, go. No, no, no. I, I just think that's that's like a thing we do, right? We complain about a thing. So then we talk about the thing and talk about the thing, which only gives us more of the thing instead of. Doing something different. This with is it. this is exactly what's happening in my marriage. Thanks for <laughs> helping me. So I'll just stop talking 
That's my plan. Uh, all right. Well, it, actually, I learned a lot today. Uh, I'm loving the how-to thing. I'm loving to reveal bias. Anything that you're taking because you're a millennial, so you probably already knew it all. You know, I wrote down just the that's your bias because I talk about it with clients as in, hey, like, tell me all your stories about money. And mm -hmm. I'll just, like, let them. Right. But I think saying that's your bias is a, is a really powerful statement and can people can people get what bias is and it can land versus, like, that's your context. Whereas context isn't as a used word right. in society where bias or belief is more something that I think a non-coach can go, oh, I know what that is. Like, I, that makes sense to me. That's cool. So I really like that, just let using it, it. Let us know how that goes. All right, your podcast is the Dream Mason podcast. You can find Alex and more uh, by going to Inspirational Alex on the Instagram, very popular apparently, and um, and uh, by going to thedreammason.com. I'm Christopher McAuliffe. You can find me at ChristopherMcAuliffe.com, Accomplishment Coaching, the world's finest coach training program, or right here on Accomplishment Media each and every week, bringing you people out on the cutting edge of coaching or just plain interesting folks in the world of coaching. Uh, thank you, my dear friends, for listening to us in our 17th year of podcasting or what we used to call internet radio because we didn't know what to call it uh, we'll be here uh, this week and next week and every week with something interesting for you thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week